Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, a celebration of Capcom on Nintendo platforms. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo... Jesus. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellis, joined as always by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. How's it going, Mark? Hey, it's going pretty good. <laughs> um, so you are tuning into our, our conversation about Capcom as their games have appeared on Nintendo platforms. Yes? Yes. This is part two of the episode uh, from earlier this week where we talked about the uh, Super NES Classic which has at least a Capcom game on it, Mega Man X. Yeah. Um, so if you're interested in, in a conversation about that and all of this week's news, you can go back and listen to Tuesday's episode. But today is all about Capcom. Um, Mark, uh, why, why, do we, why, do we, why do we care about this company? Yeah, that's a good question because we could have done this with a lot of other developers, theoretically. Yeah, for sure. But Capcom holds kind of like a strange place in both of our hearts. Yes, for sure. Um, wh- why do you think that is? Do you think it's because um, like we've just been playing their games for so long? Or is there something else happening there? I think it's because they m- used to make good games. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and those Mark's g- tipping his hand. <laughs> and those good games were on Nintendo platforms for a long time. Yeah, for sure. I think there's... Also, just something to the way Capcom develops to franchises. Like, they develop franchises and then release more entries in them. Um, That, like, something like Mega Man or like Street Fighter or like Resident Evil ends up playing such a a huge part of our lives for so long. Um, Well, especially during our formative years as gamers. Which for us was mm-hmm. like the original Nintendo Entertainment System, the Super Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of like the golden era of Capcom on Nintendo platforms. For sure. And that was like our gaming golden years. Um, and then I think, I, I hate this, I, I, I hate using this phrase, but that like um, they also grew up with us as gamers so that like when we wanted when we wanted to see games on PlayStation or Xbox that we were seeing, you know, Resident Evil and Dead Rising on these other platforms that were giving a more, like, violent or whatever um, uh, approach to gaming, that they were there for that, too. Um, So, like, as the medium matured and as we matured, that the company, that their output did as well. Not necessarily on Nintendo platforms, um, which is a, a whole other thing that we'll get into as, as, as we go through um, their output over the years. Um, but for sure, a lot of it starts with uh, the NES, right? So let's, let's start there. Um, oh, yeah. So we, we are basically, mm-hmm. we tasked each other with each coming up with one, I cheated, like have two sometimes games right. that are our favorite from each platform. Right. So. Um, do we, I mean, I, I think that the, their output on the NES was huge. They had so many games on the NES. 
Um, and a, a lot of them, like, I feel like the vanguard of all of that is Mega Man, right? Um, and all of the, in my mind at any rate, every other game that Capcom put out on the NES is like a, a version of Mega Man, right? Like the, the Chippendale games um, have a very, like the sprite sizes are exactly the same. Um, everyone moves in kind of the same, uh, the same way. DuckTales feels very Mega Man. Um, I don't know. What, what are your just like overall impressions of uh, any uh, Capcom NES games? Well, it's interesting. So my list or the games that I chose are not always the objectively best games. I think that's for the best. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this is not a definitive list. No, we are not. And you can argue and refute our list <laughs> here. No problem. That's fine. Whether you're from Australia or not. Right. Um, was that the joke or was the Australians knew about something else? Uh, hey, it doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, it's Australians now. <laughs> um, yeah, and so like Mega Man t- to me was not something that I played during the NES era. Okay. Because it was too difficult. I yes. was too young and I, I, it was way too hard. So the games that I chose are the games that I'm familiar like playing, mm-hmm. which was, you mentioned, the Chippendale Rescue Rangers, the yeah. first one. Yeah. Because um, this was a time when I was, would be able, we weren't buying a lot of games. And so the way I would be able to experience games the most is going to a store and renting them. Mm-hmm. And this was, I love Chippendale Rescue Rangers, the cartoon. And so when I saw that there was a game it was super exciting to be able to bring it home and play it. And yeah. it turns out that it's actually a fun game. Um, and uh, sort of amazingly, it has that uh, two-player co-op, too, simultaneous, um, which made the game Im- immeasurably harder. <laughs> <laughs> near impossible. Near impossible. But it was near impossible to begin with, so who cares? <laughs> um, but yeah, I-, I think that's a really good pick from from that era and is also um so representative of what they did because uh, they they had they did all these licensed games too they you know they had the, the darkwing duck game i already mentioned ducktales um yeah capcom and disney were very close yeah during this era and the super nintendo era yeah and i mean arguably they're still working with disney as they're working on uh marvel versus capcom it's true right um so for for me, I think I end up going with a more obvious pick. I'm, I'm going to go with a, a Mega Man game, um, and I gotta say three three is my preferred uh, Mega Man title. I could see the argument for two, um, but there three is just such a big game, and uh, like you defeat the the first like round of robot bosses, and then there are like um, messed up mutant versions of the stages um, that. Uh, introduce um reintroduce rather the bosses from Mega Man 2 and you have to like fight them all again and it's got Proto Man in it and he's got like the best music ever um I love that game so ed- uh educate me a little bit uh, on the Mega Man in general so did is Mega Man 1 did they basically nail the formula in that no. first go and then no so uh Me- Mega Man 1 like they're they're close to the formula in it um, there are a couple things that it ha- that it does differently. It keeps score. Like there's just a a running score. Oh, like it's an total. arcade game, basically. Like it's kind of an arcade game, yeah. Um, and uh, there are six robot bosses instead of eight. 
Um, and, uh, you know, just some of like the presentational aspects weren't totally there yet. Uh, and, and even like Mega Man's a little bit slipperier. Um, he d- doesn't handle quite as tightly. Um, and also all of the robot bosses are chumps. Like you can take them all out. No problem with the arm cannon. Um, you don't necessarily need to do the kind of like rock, paper, scissor relationship, um, that you do in, uh, future Mega Man games to even take, take those bosses down. Um, it also, uh, it's before the series introduced like energy tanks. So you couldn't have like a reserve of, um, life to heal up, um, and a lot of that comes about in two, uh, which I think is why two is put like up on this pedestal. It's like this is when Mega Man, as we know it, arrived. Um, but I don't know. There's also just something so cool to me about once they land on two that they put out a new one of these games um, every couple of years. The two, three, four, five, and six all came out um, on the NES. Um, it's a lot of Mega Man games. Wow, yeah. It's a lot of just iterating on the same thing that worked and was is fun every time you play it. Um, did uh, did you uh, play a lot of um, Chippendale as with like two player or were you, were you mostly going at it? I was mostly solo. going solo. Yeah, yeah. It, that game was hard with two people. Uh, I also have a honorable mention. Okay, yeah. In, let's hear this. For the NES, and again, it's a game that is objectively not good and that's capcom's uh adventure in the magic kingdom yes now i'm a huge i'm have always i really like theme parks and i've always really liked disneyland slash disney world so this is a game that totally appealed to me on that level where you are in the magic kingdom and you visit like big thunder mountain pirates Mm -hmm. of the caribbean the Haunted Mansion, probably something space-themed that I can't remember right now. Space Mountain. Space Mountain. <laughs> and there's like, each one is a little mini-game or uh, level that you have to beat. Wait, I just, I just want to be clear. You had space-themed in your head, but it couldn't get to Space I'm Mountain. I'm not convinced it is Space Mountain. What I don't know what else it would be. That's what the ride is going yeah. <laughs> Um, And maybe there was, it's a small world. But anyways... There's all these different levels, and they're all kind of like mini games, or mm-hmm. um, I guess mini game isn't really because some of it's platforming. One of it's kind of the Big Thunder Mountain is kind of like a minecart level. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I don't think it's good or even like particularly fun now, but yeah. at the time it was awesome because it was like being at Disneyland. Yeah. And so I really love it for that reason. I mean, I'll, I'll um, add uh, in a super similar vein to that Mickey Mouse Capades, or Mickey Mouse Capade, I guess I've been adding the S in my head forever. <laughs> um, that that was a, a four-level game where you're playing as Mickey and Minnie. I guess maybe you have to rescue her. And uh, Anyway, another um, like Capcom Disney licensed game that uh, was probably not actually a good game um but i just had a lot of fun with it's it's interesting to note like all these other um licensed games that they did they they did a a a tailspin game they did a little mermaid game they made a willow game um they did the the yo noid remember the noid the from dominoes yeah from dominoes um you know i guess the seven up cool spot game was (laughs) was so successful that they did a, a a yo noid game um 
uh, the Little Nemo, the Dream Master. Um, remember Heather Campbell brought that up when she was on the show. Um, two different DuckTales games, two different Chippendales games. Uh, yeah, so it's it's that's an interesting part of Capcom's uh, legacy on the NES is that it's like all this licensed stuff and a lot of Disney, um, which is part of the reason that's such a bummer that that Disney Afternoon Collection didn't come to Switch. Um, it seems like such a natural home for it. Um, wh- where where do you want to move after after this? Do you want to go Super Nintendo or over to the Game Boy? Uh, let's go Game Boy. Okay. Um, so I feel like the Game Boy one's a little bit harder. Um, how how do you how how can you characterize the um the Game Boy Capcom games? So, in a lot of ways, Capcom did a really I in my opinion, a really solid job with the Game Boy. They, a lot of times what would happen, because the Game Boy screen is, uh, the aspect ratio and the pixels are like, the aspect, aspect ratio is smaller and the pixels are larger. So right. uh, it is, so if you make like, if you try to translate an NES game to the Game Boy one-to-one, it will not work. Right. And so, uh, thoughtful developers would port games from the NES or from other platforms to the Game Boy, but they would take all of the limitations of the Game Boy into account. Yes. So a lot of people have really fond memories of DuckTales on the NES, but I never played much of that version. The version I played was the Game Boy version. Interesting. And it's a really, especially looking back on it now, it's a really thoughtful port especially for the time, which was, I think it came out fairly early in the Game Boy's life. Mm-hmm. And um, like they take things like sprite size and the limited area that you can see. Because you know, when you're playing on a Game Boy, platforming can be very difficult because your view is so limited yeah. of the area around you. And they took those sort of things into effect. But it feels remarkably like the physics of the NES game and when Scrooge uses his cane to jump like it feels satisfying yeah so obviously some things were lost in the translation but I think it's a really solid port yeah um I uh never I don't think I ever played that uh on the on the Game Boy just uh, have good memories of that same game on the NES which is obviously phenomenal um my pick uh I have to go back to Mega Man they again released five of these things on on the Game Boy. And most of them were like kind of remixes of the NES games. So like the first Game Boy Mega Man game was a combination four bosses from Mega Man 1, four bosses from Mega Man 2. Um, and the, the second game was four bosses from 2, four bosses from 3. Do you remember what they called them? Was it like, was it just the called first... Mega Man or was it just called like... Did it have a so the subtitle? first one is called Mega Man Doctor Wily's Revenge, with Doctor Wily being like the main antagonist of the series, and then the second one is just called Mega Man Two, Mega Man Three, Mega Man Four. Oh, interesting! And then Mega Man Five, which is my pick. Um, it's the first game in the series in the Game Boy series that's all new Robot Masters. Um, they're named for the planets. Um, instead of uh, instead of being like this man, this man, this man, they're you know like. Uh, Neptune, Mars, Jupiter, um, and uh, 
all of the previous uh, Mega Man games had introduced like one new character that is like a, a, a mini boss towards the end before you go on to Dr. Wily and all of them reappear in this game. So it's the most like it ends up being a celebration of all of the previous uh, Mega Man Game Boy games and its own new thing. It's so cool. That like, does sound really cool. It's, it's a game that's like badly in need of re-release. Or of like remastering that like actually I think all of the uh Mega Man Game Boy games could be if you just like flip the switch and like turn them over to um the eight bit graphics on the NES that you could repackage and sell them in a new uh Mega Man Legacy uh collection. What was that called? I think that's what it was called. Um and people would love it. Um and especially because basically, you know, is five was so late in the Game Boy's life cycle that like you know, I, I think a lot of people weren't playing them by then. Had was five in like the uh, late nineties? Like, was it in the Game Boy Color era, or was it a little bit before that? So it was a little bit before that, and I guess a little bit before the the thing got revitalized by, like you say, um, before the Game Boy Color, and therefore before like Donkey Kong ninety four, um, and before um, ninety four, ninety eight, ninety four, ninety four, um. And before Pokemon and all that. So, um, yeah, l- late enough to just, like, kind of not make sense for people to still be tuned into it's like it. like, in between. Yeah. And especially because they were um, throwbacks to the NES versions that, like, we were pretty much moved on to the Super Nintendo at that point. And I will, I'll be interested. So, is your Super Nintendo pick a Mega Man game? Uh, my Super Nintendo pick is a... F- is 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 fluid okay so i am that's a game time decision for me (laughs) um so i do does game boy color count as game boy sure because we got to talk about the um oracle games the legend of zelda oracle of uh seasons and ages i believe so um so capcom developed two zelda games on the game boy color um zelda this is, they got the Nintendo Zelda license, um, and this was in a time when Nintendo wasn't really doing that, um, and those games are super good, too. Um, yeah, weird that that was neither of our picks. It, I mean, it's a little strange, but, like, Game Boy Color is such that, like, mid-generational, I don't know, yeah. I, I... I think partly what hurts those games, not hurts them, they're great games. But the reason I didn't even really consider them is I did not play them in that era because I never owned a Game Boy Color. Oh, sure. Myself. Yeah. So my sister had one, but um, yeah, I, so I didn't play those games until much later. And they are very good games, but they don't stand out in my mind as much because I was playing them in a time that I was playing a lot of other Zelda. Yeah. A lot of other handheld Zelda. Yeah. Well, and like in my mind too, like I will lump them together with Link's Awakening. Um, but I'm like, well, Link's Awakening is obviously the superior of these three Game Boy Zelda games. Um, but they're they're both the Oracle games are are great and like totally worth playing. Um and they're available on the three DS eShop, so it's their I don't know. It's so, so when you can't pick up a Super Nintendo uh mini that's right (laughs) you got these holiday you can Mm -hmm. just buy a 3ds but that's a good uh segue into the super nintendo and um i think this is where uh their output starts to get like 
this is where it gets a little bit weird to me because like they're continuing a lot of the same stuff that they did on the NES um, with more Mega Man games <laughs> and um, more Disney games and more Disney games. Yeah. Um, that Aladdin game um, is the is the Lion King game. Then, no. Too? So okay. it, so my pick is actually the Aladdin game. OK. And it's a really great platformer. Mm hmm. But so an interesting thing that happens is uh, Virgin Interactive. Yes. Like has, there's like an in-between period with the license. So Virgin Interactive made, I believe, the PAL version of an Aladdin game. So it's completely different. And then the SNES version was made by Capcom. And I think there was like a licensing split. But at, this was the final game. That Capcom developed. So the Lion King game, that was all Virgin Interactive. Oh, okay. That that makes sense. Um the Oh, maybe it's not PAL in US. Maybe it's it might be system. So I think like Genesis, Genesis Master System version of Aladdin right. is Virgin Interactive and the uh SNES version is Capcom. I mean, th there was also a, a Mickey game that came out on... There were a couple of Mickey games um, on that the were Capcom. Super Nintendo that Capcom did. I think there were three. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, like, um, Mickey Mania is one of them. Uh, there was the, like, Castle of Illusion, mm -hmm. uh, and then something else, I guess. Um, but I think this is also where we start to see more, um, like, arcade ports um, coming over to the machine, too, largely in the form of... Um, the Final Fight games. There are three Final Fight games that came to the Super Nintendo. Um, and I like Final Fight. None of the ports really do the arcade games justice. Um, so, like, there was a little bit where that, that was on my list. Well, also, uh, so in Japan, this was around the time that Breath of Fire came out. Yeah. That was for the Super Nintendo. But... It, it was released in... So it was developed by Capcom, released by Capcom in Japan. But when it came to the US, it was released by, I think, Square. Either Square or Enix. Yes. So... I think Square. Um, yeah, I believe it's Square. And Breath of... If you've never played a Breath of Fire game, and I don't, I don't think they make them anymore. No. I or haven't for a long time. You can buy the first, like, uh, two of them, I think, on um, the 3DS. And they are they're fun JRPGs. There's nothing particularly exciting about them, and I think that's part of the reason probably why Capcom has stopped right developing them is just. But uh, for me, well, that's getting ahead. But anyways, uh, <laughs> well, we'll, talk, we'll talk a little bit more about Breath of the, Breath of Fire. Um, you keep almost saying Breath of the Wild. It's so hard not to. <laughs> <laughs> the word on everybody's lips. Breath of the Wild. Um, so, th so that's uh, the, the arcade port thing is, um, you know, always Street Fighter, always Street Fighter, always Street Fighter. And I played so much Street Fighter 2 and Super Street Fighter 2 and Street Fighter 2 Turbo Hyper Fighting um, on the Super Nintendo that I was tempted to do to pick one of those. Um, so I'm not going to, Whoa! I am going to go with a Mega Man title, but not one that you're thinking. Okay. I'm going to go with Mega Man soccer, <laughs> which is a, a super fun soccer game. That's awesome. <laughs> um, where your players are all like, uh, Mega Man and robot bosses. Um, 
and had like big dumb super moves. It was basically Mario Strikers before Super Mario Strikers, um, but with Mega Man characters. Um, and like I was totally in love with it. Um, and it was a game I never owned and just like rented over and over again. Um, Could you do two player? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, either on the same team or against each other. It was a fun game. Can you explain to somebody like me who I don't really understand the difference between Mega Man and Mega Man X and all the different like offshoots like Sure. Did we did we not mention Mega Man X? No. Okay. So Mega Man X is this is something that we'll talk about almost every uh Nintendo platform uh there is a new like generation of Mega Man something, right? Um and the Mega Man X games start to appear on the Super Nintendo and it's, you know, a 100 years in the future from the Mega Man franchise. Um and all the all the robots have um taken over and like good robots are hunting bad robots um and x is a like either a revived version of mega man or a totally different character <laughs> who like has some of mega man's memories um and it plays almost exactly like the um original mega man games except uh there are a few more like mobility few more ways of getting around that X has that Mega Man didn't. He's got this dash, um, and he can, like, wall jump sort of forever. Um, so the worlds are a, a lot more vertical. Um, and instead of being, uh, instead of the robot masters being all whatever man, like fire man, they're all animal-based. So it's like a flame mammoth or chill penguin. Um, and so those games are all really cool and take advantage of um, the Super Nintendo's sound chip and like graphical capabilities in fun and interesting ways um they get progressively chattier as they go on uh and you know it's this like nonsense uh like way anime style story that's like really hard to get into <laughs> um you know like i like i was unable to describe to you right now who the main character is he's either mega man or he's not and i'm not sure which it is <laughs> um but uh yeah, th- those games are good, um, but I-, I-, I feel like they're not as, as tight as the original uh, Mega Man games. So, where- yeah, where do we go from there? Uh, I guess the Nintendo 64 came out right before the uh, Game Boy Advance. Yeah, okay. Let's so, do let's that. move on to the. So, here's where things start getting not great for Capcom on consoles. Well, on, Nintendo consoles. On Nintendo consoles, yeah. Home consoles. Because they released a total of three games. That's right. For the Nintendo 64. Uh, yeah. Some kind of Tetris game, I think. Some sort of Tetris game that I've never played. A Mega Man game. Legacy something. So it's, it's Mega Man 64. It is um, basically Mega Man Legends. Oh, Legends. Um, but for the Nintendo 64. And um, Resident Evil 2, a port of the PlayStation game. And the only of these three that I have played is Resident Evil 2. But did you play it on your Nintendo 64? Yes. You did? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Because it's the only console I own. Okay, all right. Um, that's a good game. <laughs> it's a good game. It's, I don't know that it's a great version of that game. Y- yeah, I don't think it is. I uh I'm abstaining from this round. I don't. I mean, how could like <laughs> if you didn't? There's only three games to choose from. Yeah, and I just happened to play one of those three. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, I I do love Resident Evil too, though. Um, it's just it's so telling that it's like that game didn't start on the Nintendo sixty four. This is where um Capcom starts to abandon Nintendo a, as a platform. Um, except sort of in the handheld. So maybe this is we should just move over to Game Boy Advance, right? I mean, right, right. And so and Capcom, yeah, Capcom would continue to develop games for the Game Boy, as we talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Game Boy Advance comes in 2001. So there's a long stretch that if you are a home console player, yeah. you don't have any Capcom games on Nintendo platforms. Yeah. On the handheld, you have more to choose from. Well, and, uh, you know, the Nintendo 64 was uh, hard for a lot of third-party developers. Um, but, like, you know, that that's where we see uh, the lineup of games dry up from like square enix as well all of these like old japanese partners that they had that just uh you know needed to use discs um and had a a better vehicle for their games on sony's platforms so moving into the game boy advance this is where breath of fire comes back for me because during the game boy advance era capcom a local like kind of remade slash localized some of the breath of fire games and they released them and so uh, oh i didn't realize that that they released those games on uh the gba uh uh-huh so breath of fire is or this was the first time that i played a breath of fire game was on my game boy advance and i did a lot of gaming in the game boy advance era like the game boy advance ds era yeah i was doing a lot of gaming and a lot of like catch up catch up catch up catch up catch up <laughs> i was doing a lot of catch up ranch <laughs> <laughs> because you know like games that were on the super nintendo that i never had a chance to play were being ported to the game boy advance left and right yeah and so breath of fire is not particularly remarkable but it was so much fun to me because it was like discovering a 16-bit RPG, a genre that I love so much to this day, right? Uh, that I never had played or experienced before, and so that was really fun. What were we just talking about? Where I was like, oh, it feels like there's a oh uh, with Fire Emblem, um, that uh, discovering Fire Emblem at this point in my life is almost like discovering um, a whole like series of JRPGs that I you know missed out on from like the classic era. So it sounds like you were able to get that experience with the Breath of Fire games. Yeah, and it, it was, again, they're not like groundbreaking games, but they're competent and well-made, and the ports on the GBA were uh, well-executed. Like the, Some of the sprites were redrawn and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, yeah, if you've never played a Breath of Fire game and you enjoy those, tar- those types of RP- JRPGs from that era, I highly recommend picking it up and i think they're available or a couple of them are available on the nintendo 3ds eShop, but i'm not they are confident. but they aren't the gba ports okay so they're the original super nintendo game so if any of like the sprite work was redone that makes sense actually because the little bit of breath of fire one that i played had a little bit of wonky sprite work in it i think they're still like the mechanics are similar so i think they might still be good games but the GBA version is the one that I played, and I I really enjoyed it, even though they're not totally remarkable. Sure. Um. So I think of you as a as an Ace Attorney guy, right? Phoenix, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
So that's this is when these games start to show up too, right? I that's yeah, but I didn't play them until the DS. It's actually my DS pick, but we'll get there. Sure, we will we will get there. <laughs> um so I have a little bit of a harder time with the with with the Game Boy Advance. Um I am going to go with uh the Minish Cap, The Legend of Zelda the Minish Cap. Um the third Zelda game that Capcom made. Um they have not been given the keys to the kingdom since, but um, they did a lot of cool stuff in that game. Um, arguably, Nintendo's uh, cribbing some of that now with uh, Cappy in um, Super Mario Odyssey, uh, the hat that talks to you. It's um, also a game that we don't... Did we really see anything referenced from it in uh, Breath of the Wild? Uh, well, it depends. If you want to count, like... I, I always consider the uh, um, Korok Leaf um and as even as it appears in uh wind waker and its ability to like manipulate wind um like that is tied in with the gust jar um because there was no uh like gusting or like wind manipulation in games prior to that did right? cap come out before uh i'm pretty i feel like uh, oh that's a good question that's a great question i i, th- I think wind waker came out before Minish Cap did. Okay, well then, no. <laughs> um, but uh, it's a- another like solid, competent um, uh, Zelda game, uh, a lot more in the vein of um, A Link to the Past than the, the other Game Boy ones. Um, but that-, that would be my pick. This is where I fall off of the, the Mega Man bandwagon, um, even though they released a ton of Mega Man games. Um, this is where the the zero series starts up um which i'll just a little bit more dip into, yeah, into mega man lore <laughs> um zero is a uh like a hero character in the mega man x games um that like ha- he's got like a long blonde ponytail and he fights with like a laser sword Oof. um so everyone thinks he's way cool <laughs> um and he was cool in like his first appearances that like he was a mysterious character and kind of a loner and had this laser sword. Um, but then they, uh, after having him like be a playable character in some of the X games, they did this whole series of games about him. And that's another like 100 years in the future. Um, and I mean, this is where I fall off the narrative too. Um, but I, I played some of those games um, and they're just too... Um, like they're trying to find a weird mix between like the Mega Man X formula and like the Metroidvania formula. So you're still like selecting individual levels to go into, but they're all like way too big. Um, and like, it's not nearly, it doesn't have the, it's not like arcadey enough, you know, like the moment to moment gameplay is so unsatisfying. Um, and this is also where we start to see the Mega Man battle network games, which I really, don't know anything about uh but other than just to note that there's another like six Mega Man games i didn't play uh so where do we go from there so the gamecube was a really interesting time for capcom yes because that's when capcom and nintendo made a concerted effort to work together right the capcom five Mm -hmm. um this was to be five games that would come out and be exclusive Nintendo games. 
all on the GameCube. And I think one of them ended up being exclusive. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, and two of them didn't even come out, or one of them didn't even come up, come out. Look, I think the 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 what what's your pick for the GameCube? I feel like the only answer here is Resident Evil Four, right? Uh, Resident Evil Four is great. Oh, all right. Let's <laughs> let's hear. I, I let's lo- go. I love Resident Evil Four. Right, and and thusly, but the version of Resident Evil Four I love the most, the or that I got the most enjoyment out of was the Wii version. Okay. So for the GameCube, I chose Beautiful Joe. Okay, it, tell me about Beautiful Joe, because I actually don't know this game very well. Okay, so it's like a side, it's a 2D cell shaded, like side scrolling beat em up type game. Mm-hmm. And you play as this character or as this guy who like gets a wristband and he can turn into a superhero, basically named Beautiful Joe. Right. And it all has this like, there's the real world and then there's like movie land. I can't remember exactly what it's called. Yeah. So the entire game kind of has this like movie aesthetic. And he has special moves that are all um, kind of like based on film techniques in the sense that it's like one is close up. So everything gets really close in the screen. Yeah. And um, so his attacks are more powerful. One is like everything slows down. So his attacks are more. So it's like easier to hit. The yeah, enemies. yeah. The other one is like it's sped up. And so you see multiple beautiful Joes like all over the screen. Oh, that's they cool. Like attack enemies that way. It's very like. It's the reason it's fun is the combat's super uh successful mm-hmm. and it's really fast paced and fun. Um I don't really love side scrolling beat em ups, you know, like the uh yeah, sure. um the final fight games or Right. Or yeah. what was the uh that uh Tokyo Rumble? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those games R- like River I don't City. Yeah, River mm-hmm. City like I don't really like glom on to those sorts of games. But this one the combat is very satisfying. Yeah. And I it like well, stylish too, right? Very stylish. Yeah. Like the entire game is very stylish. The soundtrack is great, and so for me, that is my favorite, like GameCube game from Capcom. Uh, remake is another great one. Oh, I love remake. Um, and in fact, I I don't hold. I I love Resident Evil Four. I don't quite hold it in the same esteem that everyone else does. Um, I think largely because that's when we start to see the series pulling away from what it was and what I I loved. Um, but yeah, Resident Evil Remake is a phenomenal game um, and like does so much to improve on what um, the original game was that like it has fully replaced the original Resident Evil in my mind. Like if we were to do a ranking of Resident Evil games, I don't think I would count the original. I would just say no remake takes its place but they are different game i mean yeah for sure in in a good way mm-hmm. where it's like it's not just the same game up res yeah it's like completely reinvented in a way that is very fun for uh players who are familiar with the game because they change up some of the mechanics yeah it uh, oh man the the first time a zombie gets back up it, after you killed it yeah, and it just it's now it's this crimson head and it's like and just rips you in half. And then you spend the rest of the game dragging lighter fluid and a lighter everywhere you go. Just so in you constant can burn fear them. that yeah. you know, and so then it changes the game because it's like the less zombies I kill, yes, the easier this game is going to be. Yep. Or if you're like, okay, I'm reasonably certain that I'll be able to get a headshot here and actually end it. 
Uh, but or like, and then you go and do it, and you're like, oh no, I didn't. I shot it in the arm. It's oh a, no, it's and it's very. I mean, it's still unforgiving with ammo mm-hmm. and like health and saving. So it's a really fun reversal of how we use how we like we're used to playing that game. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Ah. Uh, yeah. And then there's a lot of good Resident Evil on the GameCube. You yeah, because Zero is on there as well. Um, and most, like almost all of the Resident Evil games were re-released on the GameCube. Um, I had two and three, and I think Code Veronica came came there as well, right? I believe right? it did. And this was like kind of all leading up to four. Yeah. Um, which was exclusive for all of like a year. <laughs> and I mean, since then, wasn't it, wasn't the PS2 port announced before the game was even released oh, on the that GameCube? Sounds right. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's what happened. <laughs> I'm a little hazy on the history, but that sounds right. But good call saving for until, um, the, the Wii. So, uh, are we there? Sure. We can talk about, it. I, the timeline is hazy in my head. I think the DS came out before the Wii did. Sure. Well, let's um, let's let's we're we're there. Let's talk about Resident Evil Four. Yeah. Oh my gosh, this is like one of my favorite games of all times. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe my favorite Resident Evil. Uh, it is. It's definitely my favorite Resident Evil. And the Wii was such a fun system to play it on because the pointer controls made sense. Um. So I always have a little bit of a problem with the. Uh, like I don't like the pointer controls in uh, Metroid Prime Three necessarily. Yeah, me either. Um, but they they work in um in Resident Evil Four because you just have to stand there and shoot, mm-hmm. right? Like it doesn't have the uh, um, it's not as frantic, and because you're not like mm-hmm. moving and shooting at the same time, so you're just using the reticule to like yeah. aim. And one of the complaints of the Wii Edition is that it makes the game easier because it does. It's way easier to get like headshots. Yeah. Because your aim is so much more precise. But that Which again is another thing that's like vital to that game because if you kill uh the bad guys in the wrong way, they turn into horrible like head vine monsters, head tentacle monsters. <laughs> um but yeah, I think it's a it's for me and again part of this was um that yeah, I like the uh original way of playing Resident Evil. I just it was always difficult for me. I liked the games mm-hmm. because there it was like fun to get a little bit scared. Yeah. But um it wasn't until Resident Evil 4 that I loved Resident Evil. Okay. Um I've got a little bit of a weird pick for the for the Wii. Um Tatsunoku versus Capcom. Okay. So this was a uh you know Capcom like versus style fighting game like the Marvel versus Capcom series but used the um anime characters from the um the animation studio Tatsunoko. Um I'm butchering some of those vowels, I'm sure. Uh but it was um a, a couple things. It introduced the three button fighting mechanic the you just have a um light medium and hard attack no like no distinction between punches and kicks um which they uh would use in uh, marvel versus capcom 3 um and this game i think was a wii exclusive i don't think it came out on any other platform um and the wii was also so barren in terms of fighting games other than smash um that, that castlevania judgment or Whatever that Castlevania 
terrible Castlevania fighting game was? I don't know about this Castlevania fighting game. Oh, we'll look it up later. It's All right. awful. <laughs> it sounds amazing. Um, but there were... Uh, this was just a really fun game. Um, and uh, I, I think had a lot of... Um, like I, I think if it had a wider release that it would be um, held up there in the same esteem as like the rest of the Versus series. Um, and, you know, they, they did the classic Wii thing of, like, you can play it any way you want. Is, is it a Wii Remote turn sideways? Is it Wii Remote Nunchuck? Do you have a Pro Controller? However you want to do it, you can play. Um, and they had that where it, like, kind of scaled to different play styles. Um, so that if you want to just be like, oh, yeah, this button is, like, a, a normal attacks. This button is normal, uh, like, super moves. And this button over here is, like, the the moves that use your power meter and are big and showy um that you can do that too so it was accessible in a lot of ways which you know is important for a wii game where like the fighting game audience isn't um so that's my pick for for the wii and there were some other um like capcom supported the wii okay there was like the there was zach and wiki yeah the point and click adventure game mm -hmm. there was the okami port yep um, I'm sure there was some other, oh, there was like Umbrella Chronicles and Umbrella Chronicles 2. Yeah. So those are like the on-rail shooter. Resident um, Evil Resident games. Evil games. Yeah. Um, yeah. They, it wasn't like the glory days. No. But, or, or they even... showed up in a way that, mm -hmm. I mean, obviously you weren't getting Resident Evil 5. You weren't getting... Resident Evil 6, you know, like you weren't getting those, any of the Devil May Cry games or anything like that yeah, at I this mean, point. Like, would, that's where we really start to see like a huge like difference in what they're delivering to the Nintendo platforms. Yeah, I mean, I would say even in the PlayStation era. Yeah, that's a good point. But Or the PlayStation like 1 and PlayStation 2 era. But yeah, all of their, everything that was exciting was happening on the 360 and the PS3. Like yeah. Dead Rising, I love that first game. Yeah. And that I first the Dead Rising game. game is great. Um What I, was the name of the there was a Wii port, right? Called Chop Till You Drop. Yeah. Yeah. It the Wii just couldn't Couldn't do it. Yeah, there was no point. Um Lost Planet was not amazing, but you know, they were putting mm -hmm. a lot of energy into that series, but all of that was happening Devil May Cry, but all of that was happening away from Nintendo platforms. Yeah. Uh, so let's then move over to the DS. DS, yeah. Um, I don't have a pick for this one. So mine is uh, Phoenix Wright, Ace Attorney, or Ghost Trick Phantom Detective. Uh, so sell me on the Phoenix Wright games. I I just think they're super fun. Um, there have you are you familiar with the series at all? Like a little bit, but like pretend I don't. So they're be they're a little bit of like point and click adventure. I think they call them like visual novels mm -hmm. because there's no like platforming or anything like that. It's basically a crime is committed. You play a detective and uh, and a lawyer, and you are like scouring the crime scene and like in most fiction, uh, lawyers end up also being detectives. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and you're uh, scouring the crime scene. You're like looking for clues and you're interviewing people. And then it goes into courtroom mode mm -hmm. where a witness comes in and they give testimony. And then you have to, using the clues that you have acquired before the trial, you 
have to like cross-examine them yeah. and prove where their statements are false. And then that's how you like solve the crime to show who actually committed it. Yeah, that's fun. And it takes place in this like when they local it's so Japanese, but when they localized it, I mean the the justice system is completely made up. It's not like the Jap- you know, like it's not like any sure. justice system in the world. But like <laughs> Well, and not but- like we'd be able to pick out like, oh, that's a stereotypically <laughs> Japanese justice system thing. <laughs> but like the world of that Phoenix Wright takes place in is super Japanese. Yeah. But when they started porting them or when they started localizing them for American for Western audiences, they everything looks so Japanese, but they started being like, okay, I'm gonna go buy a hamburger and then you know we'll walk in <laughs> to like a ramen shop or something. Uh and that's kind of become a joke with the series as oh, it's gone on. That's it, great. They just like they embraced that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I've always liked mystery mysteries as a kid like agatha christie and yeah you know all that kind of stuff scooby-doo even mm-hmm. and so these are they're just really fun the world is fun the characters are really fun uh yeah i i really enjoyed it uh well i'm that's should i pick up one of these games at some point or yeah um, because the series is going strong yeah there's a remake available on the 3ds of like the first um title like, I, I have them in front of me right now. It just Ace Attorney. For the 3DS? Yeah. Prob that's probably it. Okay. Um and I think it in- I think it's basically a port of uh this of this game. Yeah. For the 3DS. And I think that's a good entry point. I think it is the first game in the series. Or it's a remake of the GBA game, which sure. is the first game in the series. Um and that's an uh, that's a just a to, to bring it back to what we were saying about like Capcom from the beginning that like the here's another franchise that they identify that they were like Phoenix Wright is a fun game and a fun concept and we can make a bunch of these so like I don't know it's it, I feel like you don't always see that from third party developers that they're going to continue to give you the thing that you want from a series I do want to give a shout out to Ghost Trick Phantom Detective mm-hmm. which was also on the DS and on like mobile phones at some point but it's basically a game where uh, your the character you're playing has died, but his spirit can, uh, like, take over different objects in yeah. the world. It's called capturing. Capturing, when Mario not does possessing. <laughs> yes, right. You're capturing, uh, and you can control different objects in the world, and you're trying to solve a mystery. And so each level is basically like one, uh, almost like cut out like diorama. Mm-hmm. of like a restaurant or a police department or something and you have to possess different ob- or capture oh, cool. different cool. objects to solve puzzles yeah and like solve the overall mystery and again it's a really cool game that came out on the ds i think it bombed but it's very fun hmm. uh should we move into the 3ds then sure i think we're basically getting to the point where there's not much we're, yeah well and like I I don't know that there's really not much on the 3DS. Like there there are a bunch of titles in here, but not really many that I've played. And I think part of the problem is that neither of us are big Monster Hunter heads, right? Because that has become Capcom's big uh game on Nintendo platforms, or was for a while, right? 
I mean, no, who knows with uh, Monster Hunter World Worlds? I can't remember. Who knows? Um, coming to the PlayStation Four, but so you know, there there are a handful of um, Phoenix Wright games. There are the Project X Zone games. Um, I don't think I even know what that is. It's like a cross with uh, uh, SNK. Oh, okay. Maybe also Square. It, it's <laughs> it's it's a cross with it's a crossover game with like a, a bunch of other um, crazy stuff. Um, but there were the, uh, uh, Resident Evil Revelations, uh, was on there. Uh, there was a port of Super Street Fighter 4. Um, but like, there was the Resident Evil Mercenaries game, like the online shooter game. Um, all games I didn't play at all. And I spent a lot of time with my 3DS. Um, it's weird that none of these games really spoke to me or that I, I sought them out on this, on this platform. Yeah. The game that I probably spent the Capcom game, I probably spent the most time with on the 3ds was a Phoenix, Wright, Uh, the dual De- destinies game. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, so we have no recommendations for the, for the 3ds. Yeah. Perfect. I, uh, Wii U. I didn't even own one. Uh, and I don't think I own a, a single game. A Capcom game on the Wii U. So I, I'm sure there was something, but again, Monster Hunter seems like the big release there. Yeah, and again, we're not Monster Hunter guys, so yeah, I, that's that. It's very weird to me that you and I like this company so much, um, and yet haven't had uh, games from them on Nintendo platforms in in like recent memory. Um, it it makes our expectations for the switch a little strange right like what do we want to come out on this thing right cuz yeah. i mean so monster hunter being on the ps4 doesn't really affect me any that it's not coming to switch cuz i haven't really played i don't play monster hunter games right uh resident evil 7 just came out we bo- but it's weird just in general with capcom not just on nintendo platforms because we both really like resident evil and neither of us picked up resident evil 7 yet yeah i and i mean i'm not excited about um the new marvel versus capcom it doesn't look as good as the last one like physically doesn't look as good and resident evil 7 the more i like read about and saw about it just doesn't appeal to me Mm -hmm. in the way that previous resident evil games did yeah so i think we're I'm just at a weird... Pl- and the things I really liked in recent generations, like Dead Rising, uh, Dead Rising 4 on the Xbox One, mm-hmm. threw away everything I liked about Dead Rising games. So it, I, Capcom has really struggled with the... Um, they've like tried really hard to change their focus to the West, and none of that worked. Right. Like Dead Rising fell off once they did that. Lost Planet. Yeah. I think there were three of those games, you know, and like it didn't even make a dent. I mean, the thing that's so weird is that it seems like they might have some of these resources and like some of this, like again, that Disney Afternoon collection that should have been on Switch, the Mega Man Legacy Collection 2, or what's that? Is that what it's called? I keep, I've, I've said it twice now. I don't know if that's right. Um, but the one that has uh, uh, Mega Man 7, 8, 9, and 10. Um, that's also not scheduled to come to the Switch. It should. It should be there. Um, but they're just not doing it. Uh, and it seems like 
why aren't they doing that? What's interesting is that nin- uh, we've talked about in the past, Nintendo went to Capcom with the Switch and were yeah. like, hey, what do you think? And they said, we need more memory. Right. So Nintendo did what did they it. said. Yeah. And in a Capcom presentation, they talked about, um, you know, like they are working on multi-platform titles and that they're working to get their multi-platform engine run you know like running on the switch yeah so i just don't know if it's a resource thing i mean capcom's output in general hasn't been super stellar the past yeah couple generations so i don't they're i feel like they're in such a weird place as a company that i don't even know what i want from capcom anymore other than a dino crisis game well that's never gonna happen (laughs) (laughs) oh dino crisis it's such a great idea. It is such a great Resident Evil, but with dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Dino Crisis in the Resident Evil 4 style. Oh, yeah. Perfect. Basically perfect. Just make it a Jurassic World 2 game. Ugh, Fallen Kingdom? <laughs> that title's a you joke, know it. right? <laughs> All right. Well, those that's that's our opinion, so let's let's close up this topic. Now, we are huge windbags and have just talked about Capcom for a very long time, but probably you have opinions about this company, um, and we'd love to hear what some of your favorite Capcom games on Nintendo platforms are, some games that you think should have been on Nintendo platforms but weren't, um, or anything along those lines. We'd love to hear your feedback on that, and uh, we'll be reading those emails next week, um, so you can always write to us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. And we're also super interested in hearing what you think about us separating uh, our episodes into two shorter episodes. Yeah, we think you're getting a little bit more this way um, than the topics can really breathe and really just be about it. And if you're not interested in the topic, then you just bounce on it cool but we'd like of course for you to listen yeah definitely you should should but listen but again you can send any of that feedback to nintendo cartridge society at at gmail.com um or you can hit us up on twitter we're at nin cart society or on the facebook page which is just nintendo cartridge society um uh, rate review us all that good stuff on itunes um, you can check out Retcon Punch if you want to read what Mark and I think about comic books. Uh, Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our music is provided by 8 Betty. You can check out his music by going to his website, which is just 8 or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellers. Still trying to understand Beautiful Joe. Thanks for listening. It's a creative podcast network.